Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome back to another quarantined edition of Marvel Movie News. We are talking about more movies being pushed, including Morbius, but not every movie has been pushed. We'll go over the list and we're opening up the mailbag to go through your questions weird games and trust me there's some weird ones and also comic book recommendations for what you can read while you're holed up on lockdown let's get started on marvel movie news welcome to popcorn talk leader movie discussion news and interviews popcorn talk we talk movies and now here's popcorn talks marvel movie news Good morning, Merry Marvelites, and welcome back to Marvel Movie News, coming to you live from the future where there are still new movies. Uh, <laughs> uh, Christian's giving me a weird, just like, how dare you look. Uh, it's too soon, too soon to start talking about the future where there are new movies. New movies. <laughs> Well, we keep, I, I want to keep it positive and keep looking ahead, you guys. Uh, I'm Zach Wilson, Christian Blatt, Zia Anderson's here, and joining us this week from his own location on quarantine with a bunch of guests, apparently, is, you know, boy, Jandro. I decided, I decided to bring Wolverine and Jason Bourne and Bill Murray, and I just thought they'd help the whole ambiance of the show. They're, they're the strong, silent type, but uh, they really want to be on Marvel Movie News, so I was like, you know what, fuck it. Frick it. Guys in quarantine. Uh but yeah, we're uh we're all we're all still safe and on lockdown. I hope you all out there are doing well. Uh I wanna do I've got a pitch, Zach. I've got a pitch for where we are. Oh yeah? Okay. It traverses time. We're all trapped and we can see it as anything we want. We're obviously in the danger room. Yep. I agree. I think wasn't that I think we came from the danger room last week because look. Every Great room that we're in right now Great is much. potentially the danger, the danger room. room. Every it room is the danger like room. Things trying to kill us and us all being trapped in a room feels like the times we're in. So used it last week, I agree. That and we're stepping we into like, da- we're stepping into like weird portals. Like when I put on a VR headset, it's like basically the danger room. Yeah, there's, and there's some Krakoa flavor. Outside is getting more lush and naturey because we're not messing it up. So like we're, <laughs> we're doing some Exodus stuff. It's wonderful. Uh, well, before we get started, I'm going to just real quick, um, <laughs> lighting a candle in memory, in memory of the fact that we should be talking about the New Mutants premiere tonight. Oh, right now. Why did you remind me, Come Zach? On. Dude, um, that hurts to such a level. Like, I, you have no idea. I, I was, I've been so looking forward to New Mutants for literally years. I've been really, I really want to, I, I was, I was more optimistic about that movie than a lot. Like I was more optimistic about it than most other people, but also more than even Black Widow. I was looking forward to watching. Yeah. I I know that uh, Z and I are in the minority on that, but we were both like, no, I'm more excited for it than Black Widow. Black Widow could end up being the better movie, but just my excitement level, like finally getting to see New Mutants and then 
you know, who knew that the global pandemic would come and keep us from new mutants? It's like <sighs> Fox couldn't keep it from us. Disney couldn't keep it from us. And then eventually it's like, rent. well, what about if people can't go outside for three, four months? It was, it was, here's the thing. It was going to be something completely different. And that's why I think we were all excited about it. Cause we didn't know what we were going to get from it. We have an idea of what we're going to get from black widow. I'm sure it's going to be a great movie, but we know pretty much what we're going to get when we yeah, walk in exactly. a few twists here and there, but new mutants. It's why I like the fact that Sony has Spidey stuff. It's why I like the fact that like different studios have different characters because you get the weirdness of the the different flavor. Like I'm I'm excited for Morbius. I liked Venom. Uh, I I love the idea of X Men going home to Marvel, but I also wanted to see the the movie that Marvel's not going to make with New Mutants. So it's uh, it's kind of a bummer that it is the most cursed thing since the Red Sox before they reverse the curse. It's <laughs> I'm been a hoping- long run. I'm hoping that like the stuff that we're seeing so far, uh, that, like Marvel's trying to push new directions. And I do want to see like, we've seen so many Fox takes on X-Men. Like I am, so, and that's sort of why I think New Mutants might be great because they shot it. And then Fox was like, oh, we're going to do reshoots and, and mess with this. And then they never got the chance. So we're seeing an interesting version of it that didn't have Fox's handprints uh, when we see it. I'm I'm still surprised that we... To be honest, I'm surprised that we're not getting a home release for this one. I yeah, thought that I would, New Mutants would wind up on uh, on pay-per-view. Yeah, uh, Gamer Girl actually mentions, yeah, New Mutants is the only delayed Disney movie I can see going to streaming. Mulan or Black Widow won't. No, I think there's too yeah. much writing on those. Yeah, uh, yeah but okay. I think that anybody who's expecting New Mutants to just show up in their Disney+, Plus, that's not what's likely to happen. I think they're going to try and make some money off of it, and it would be the video on demand like we've seen for a lot of I would current- be down for that though sorry i I would spend twenty (laughs) dollars to see it yeah i I mean look if i went to go see it tonight at 7 p.m where i hadn't even had a chance to buy my tickets yet but i would have i would have been there i would have spent more than that anyway because i would have brought my my wife with me so yeah you know it's like i'm happy to rent it for twenty dollars and finally get to see it and then be able to do a whole show here where we can talk about new mutants that's worth twenty dollars to me disney (laughs) <laughs> I, i'm of the uh the the moment with the slippery slope like onward i get because it had like a tiny little release window uh but the moment we start doing the big movies on vod is like the death of cinema to me because no one's going to go back and see them again after they've seen it once at home and and if we if like if this pandemic lasts the four or five months i think it's going to if we start releasing movies here then when, once we reopen the doors people are like oh yeah but remember it was nice to just get things at home and i didn't really like the movie people are always talking and all, all the complaints go about the movies like i i'm afraid this pandemic will be the death of the comic store and the death of the movie theater as a mainstream i'm afraid if we start releasing things at home then it'll turn into like movie theaters like broadway where it's a very special occasion the tickets are 50 dollars, and you wear a suit like i i'm afraid of like martha <laughs> and bruce wayne uh, like you know like going to the theater and like they get their kid gets killed like i don't want the movie theater to be that kind of regalia and i think well, that we could that could happen easily if what i'm saying is if new mutants comes to vod bruce wayne dies well here's here's, <laughs> here's the way that i look at that if uh, if if it does come to vod uh, Thomas and Martha Wayne don't go down that alley and they're still alive. And then Bruce just becomes, you know, a rich a-hole. He's not even- And see what's worse, a no Batman in the future? Like it's a slippery it goes, slope. It goes either way. But uh, look, I think your big movies, like like just like Gamer Girl was saying, the movies that have, have come onto VOD either were already out, you know, like uh, Onward and Invisible Man and they're just trying to get anything. Or it was a movie like Trolls where it wasn't going to be like this huge thing. It's family friendly. I think 
we're very clearly seeing, you know, we're seeing Wonder Woman for August. We're seeing Black Widow for one day. And <laughs> I don't think that that's going to change. I don't think that stuff's going to come, you know, I don't even want to theorize about how long this could go on. However long it is, those movies aren't coming to our house. Because yeah. when there is a, a, a movie theater industry to try and revive, you got to have movies that people actually want to see. Well, and also there's something to be said for, you're right. People might think, oh, I don't like going to the movies because people talk or I could just w- watch it at home. But there is something to be said for the experience of going to see movies, especially on such a big screen or in IMAX or an IMAX 3D or an IMAX. What's the other one where they have your chairs rumble and you get puffs of air like 40. Yeah, four, that's right. 40. <laughs> the I other D mention. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh. Oh, never mind. I'm not going to say it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, um, we all know wow. what D you were going to mention, so don't say it. <laughs> I'm sorry. We've already, already sworn it. on this show. Let's not bring it to the gathers <laughs> Anyway, so uh, the other kind of the, the, the movie theater 40, um, just that, that, that basically there's something to be said for that experience and watching a movie at home without surround sound. Like if you have surround sound, that's cool. But if you don't, without surround sound on a 55 inch screen is not the same as going to see like certain movies you have to see in theaters. And I think that people will, I think that no matter what people will still kind of be like, Oh yeah, this movie you need to go see in theater. That's a lot of movies, a lot of movies you should watch in theater. And and I also feel like the community aspect, even beyond the tech, like the feeling of watching a hundred people experience a dramatic moment or a laugh or a, you know, like Thor landing in Wakanda will never feel the same without 500 people with you. Like, like right. no matter what, that's an incredible moment. But when you experience that with all the other people around you, all like gasping and like experiencing it simultaneously, to me, that's that's the closest thing to a religious experience we can have without like any denominational madness. It's a truly, it, it's it's faith. It's this incredible God moment of like Thor literally landing. The so first- I, I think that's that's so important to keep. Yeah, the first three times I saw Endgame in theaters and Cap picks up Mjolnir, uh, I've never felt such electricity in a theater. Uh, yes, pun intended. Uh, <laughs> I'm not uh, but like it just, even the, even the first one, which was a press screening, which was like a weird mix of people who were like unbelievably excited to see it. And then the, like the, the critics who were like, well, I guess I've got to see this one. It was still... Oh, like oh, an amazing moment to see with people. Anyway, yeah, no, I was sitting uh, next to you, well, and 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 it was so electric. There was literally smoke coming out of your ears. So uh, <laughs> we all felt it. Then. Well, that's well, an unrelated medical condition. <laughs> uh, but, but, um, but anyway, while we're while we're talking about this, uh, because there's more news about movies getting pushed and moved around. Uh, Morbius is going to be pushed back all the way to 2021 now. Uh. Yeah. So that's what we have. So it's going to be a while before you get to see Jared Leto's uh, masterpiece, Morbius. Um, but it it is what I'm, it is. I'm really looking forward to that eventual press junket because uh, if you're following the news at all, uh, Jared Leto sort of picked an interesting time to go on a retreat and uh, unplug from uh, media, social and otherwise. And he's like, hey, what's going on, everybody? And they're like, oh, yeah, there's a global pandemic. Everything's shut down. What? I think I might have to go back and meditate. You it's know? the most Jared Leto, Jared yeah. Leto thing to ever, ever Jared Leto. Like, it was amazing to be hundred percent. Like, I've gone, I've gone on retreats, but I've never gone on any that long. And I've also like, I can't imagine the Jared Leto version of those. So I just to come back and be like, whoa, man, like with his Jesus hair and his shirtlessness and 
like the, he's gonna come and do Morbius press next year, and he'll be the same age because he has been since '99. Like he's the same Fight Club Jared Leto we had. Then. Yep. Uh, but so we're looking at Morbius coming to us in March. So it's March. Uh, I think is it the tw- uh, the nineteenth, March nineteenth, twenty twenty one. Uh, is when we're going to theoretically see Morbius on the big screen, which oddly That's- will be our our be our uh, our quarantine anniversary at that point. It will be remembering how just a year earlier we were afraid to go outside. So uh, I don't I don't like thinking about March 2021. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting date because he went from a you know a solid summer release date to the 300 date. That's that's that kickoff of spring date where you throw your like we think this is going to be a big tentpole, but we don't want it fighting the summer movies. So it's interesting as we get into 2021, getting more and more stacked because you remember 2021 was already four Marvel movies. It was already a giant tentpole year for so many things. So now the summer 2020 movies are grabbing those spring and fall spots. So if we're good for next year, like next year is going to be every single weekend. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, well, it'll God only knows what next year is going to look like because so many movies are pushing back. So 2021 could be super overloaded. It could also just end up being regular because it's not the only thing that's getting delayed. Production is obviously on a major delay as well. Uh, Spider-Man 3, which was supposed to come out next summer, is pushing back its shoot dates officially. Um, So we are, I would not be shocked to see Spider-Man move its release date uh, based on this. If they can't get up until the fall, uh, shooting for a July release might be too tight. And who knows what fall's going to look like? We still don't know that. We yeah. still don't know if we're going to be able to start actually going business as you, going back to business, business as usual. I can't Especially film productions where you're talking about hundreds of people yeah. Con- yeah. like going into one location, moving around constantly. You have to go to different locations all the time. It's not like you're all going into one workplace and you can be like, okay, so everybody just, you can go home and go to work. Like don't overly socialize. Get You're talking about 200 people on set each day, at least. Yeah. Yeah, there's a conversation in the chat about uh, Morbius moving all the way to 2021. Why not have it come out in the fall? And we talked a little bit about this last week. There are probably planned, you know, run-of-the-mill average reshoots that just sort of need to make the movie, you know, maybe it's a little rough around the edges in a few spots. It'll help a little bit, but you're just not able to do it. So I guess that, you know, for a movie like that, like a movie, you're going to assume Black Widow and Wonder Woman, for the most part, those movies are done they're going to be able to come out whenever they decide. But these movies, yeah, something like, you know, it was supposed to come out in July. They probably were like, yeah, we got to, we have like, you know, when Jared Leto comes out of his cocoon uh, before he sprouts the butterfly wings, let's have him, you know, on set for a week to, uh, you know, he, he and Matt Smith need to do some reshoots. So, Well, it's interesting you mentioned Black Widow being done because we'll get to the story <laughs> in a moment because apparently they're completely uh, changing the score out. Yeah. Uh, we'll that. get we'll come back to that in a moment. But uh, while we're still on this up, so the other update or not or non-update actually is that supposedly Venom Two is going to keep its October release date uh, for now. So they are moving Morbius, but they are going to keep Venom Two in its like pre-Halloween release spot. I guess you could have just pushed them each back, but I think that they're they're seeing the prime spot of Halloween for Venom, and they know that that's going to be a bigger moneymaker than Morbius, which makes Morbius sense for a March, a like... Halloweeny movie. Yeah, but not as much as, like... But it's not going to make you as much money as Venom 2. Venom that's, 2 I mean, is, true. like, guaranteed <laughs> Venom, $800 million. They made a billion in that spot. Yeah, like, $851 yeah. Million in October. They want to hold on to that. And I imagine they probably already finished shooting 
most, if not all of it. It's a really CGI heavy movie, whereas Morbius is, I'd say, like an 80-20 split. I think Venom's going to be like a 60-40 CGI split. So you get through principal photography, you spend the time in post, and then it's done. But Morbius, I imagine, I, I agree with Christian, there's going to be the, the normal additional photography. There's going to be all those tweaks. And if you can't get on set, then 2021. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we move on, you know, not to be too much of a downer, this is sort of a conversation that I feel like can continue in the chat, you know, live and then also archived. This is just a hypothetical. I asked Zia this a little earlier when we were uh, yeah. recording something for the black cast. Yes, that's right. I just plugged my podcast. Thank you. Uh, but just hypothetically. So if your movie theaters reopen, we're just, this is again, very hypothetical July 1st. How soon after that are you personally comfortable going back to the movie theater? You know, are you are you there on day one because you're so excited that it's open? Do you want to wait it out, see how everything happens? Uh, my answer to it was, if it opens July 1, yeah, I'll probably be good by the time Wonder Woman comes out. I'll, I'll feel comfortable at that point. But I, I don't think there's a wrong answer. I'm just sort of wondering how everybody feels about this. Yeah, that was that was my answer as well. Is like I would give it a month to sort of see how it's going before I start venturing into populated areas with a lot of people. Yeah, I kind of hope they'll, I, I, and I sort of expect they'll do sort of the halfway point that they were doing right before they closed, which is like 50% capacity, mm-hmm. uh, people seated away from each other. Uh, like I went to a movie like when they were doing that and it was like almost empty, but it was uh, like, it felt okay. Uh, as long as like, I carried wipes with me, I wiped down the seat before I sat down, you know, wash your hands constantly, the whole, the whole thing. I didn't eat any snacks from the theater that was one thing concession i wasn't i didn't feel comfortable take buying concessions especially popcorn from the big communal bucket in the front of the, front of the Wait, house you didn't want to use the uh, the fountain soda dispenser that everybody who walks in uses at the same <laughs> time you didn't want to use them. uh i'm curious how things are going to change like permanently like those exact items because it's going to be time until it is that comfortable like those those very communal little pockets of the movie theater experience are going to be different uh yeah. i'm probably going to go really weird times like i've been grocery shopping at one in the morning at the grocery stores that close at two like i've been that guy that's like tactically doing so i'll probably go as soon as i can but i'll probably go at like if businesses are open like 2 p.m on a tuesday and i'll drive to chatsworth like i'll go to the weirdest theater at the weirdest time and be like okay and yeah. hope there's only five people in there yeah um, that's tr- the magic of pre-booking seats right like we can like see who's in the yeah. theater click and maybe that's what I was going to say. It's like, yeah, you're going to look, okay, I'm going to go to the the showing where there's only 10 people and uh, I'm going to sit far away from all of them. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and look, now you have to let us bring our own snacks, okay? That rule is <laughs> going to have to be a thing of the past. Yep. Uh, they always have. You just have to have big pockets. Uh, or a purse. Like, take a lady with you. Good Lord. That's what Winter purses are for. All year in yeah. LA. <laughs> uh, and by the way, uh, in the chat, uh, Rock Six Twenty says, uh, "I'm there on day one." Uh, and James Patterson, who I assume is not the author, James Patterson, uh, <laughs> says it's going to take like a week. So you know, people have some differing so views on that. We've got a range from day one to a week to like a month. Yeah, yeah. And look, then you have people who are just like, "Oh no, no, I'm, I'm you know, I, I can see it when it's uh, on demand four months later." You know, I, I feel like you're going to get those answers too. But uh, I don't, like I said, there's no wrong answers. It's just a, kind of curious as to how people feel about it right now as yeah. we're looking. To- yeah. I'm curious. We might, we might uh, put up a poll after the show because I want to see what how people feel uh, in in hard numbers. Uh, all right, so let's. Uh, Let's move on just a little bit. I, I want to talk about just one more story on the on the stuff being pushed or not. Doctor Strange is reportedly still aiming for a July shoot, or rather June shoot date. 
so they're still trying to keep that in production. I think it's more of a like, well, let's keep. Doctor Strange still going. Let's talk about Black Widow. Because, uh, yeah, as we were, as I was saying before, they are apparently changing composers halfway through. They're looking at replacing uh, Alexander Despot, uh, who did, who has done Shape of Water, Grand Budapest Hotel, and they're going to bring in Lauren Balf, uh, who has done His Dark Materials and the Lego Batman movie. Because uh, I guess they weren't happy with the score. Does this excite you guys? Does it, does it hurt the movie in your eyes? What do you think? <laughs> I, I, I think it's a cool opportunity that if they screened it a bunch and a lot of people like thought the score could be better. I think it's a really unique opportunity to use the negative as a positive. If if you've got more time with the film, you make the, the classic thing of making a movie three times: once in pre-production, once in production, once in post-production. Yeah. All of these movies have a brand new post-production movie time. Like this is all. If you're gonna be if you're gonna be trapped at home, composing is something you can. If you have the the art already, you can really reshape a movie. If you think of the the classic scores, they really shape what the movie feels like. So I think it's a really cool opportunity to enhance CGI, to take more time with the score, to do all these things. So I'm hoping all these movies that did get pushed come out better. Uh, I think this is a great opportunity. So I'm excited to see what it's like. And I'm also curious if we ever get to hear the original score, because that is a late in the game twist. That score was done. So I, I'm really curious what the why they were like, oh, what is this weird classic aggressive rock choice they went with i don't think creed is right for this at all um, <laughs> like, i'm really just curious what the original was and what it's going to be now yeah and if it was anything like the music in that first trailer i want it back because that first trailer had like whatever music choice they made in that first trailer was just like give me chills uh yeah the music yeah, in the trailers I, was all incredible <laughs> yeah i mean i agree with koi i think that they're gonna feel whatever they're ending up with they're gonna feel better about it so uh in in that sense it's probably gonna be better for us but uh yeah it would be great if like at some point like you want to hear the old score uh here's what it would have sounded like yeah but, uh, we, that's the weirdest happen. special feature on a blu-ray ever you're just like <laughs> click for old score yeah like i the mean same movie I am the person who owns the vinyl release of the the original 2001 A Space Odyssey score that uh, uh, that Stanley Kubrick replaced, never told the composer until he got to the premiere <laughs> and heard a different music track. Wow. Uh, the, that the is only cold. Thing, the only thing better than that is uh, the the original Lion King, the real Lion King. Uh, Matthew Broderick sat down to go to the premiere and he's like, Oh hey, that's not me singing, which he had, and then they replaced it. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Um, all right, so I want to open up. We we te we tease this. We we got some stuff from from people sending in stuff on to our email address, to mailbag, to our our uh, our to our Twitter. We want to open up the mailbag and talk about some of these some of these questions, some of these weird ideas that you guys had. Uh, and to kick us off, uh, we were talking about this last week, and I want to continue the question like what are some good comics that we can read while we're all locked down on quarantine. Cause we all have those runs that we like, that we love that like maybe we haven't had time to go back to, or people are like, Oh, I've heard about that, but I've, I've never had the time to read that 40 issue run. So we're going to talk about what we each recommend 
that you guys jump into. Christian, I know you had a bunch, so I'm going to let you kick this one off. <laughs> well, I have the ones that I always say, and I, I have some in addition to that. But uh, so I always start with Craven's Last Hunt, the uh, six issue uh, Spider-Man story, which ran over the three titles that it came out like every couple weeks. It's great. It's it's like the Craven story that I've said on this show and others that that's what I hope we get in terms of a Craven movie one day. Uh, that's right up there. Uh, it, it's a little bit of an obvious one, but uh, the the Dark Phoenix saga, the uh, Uncanny X-Men 129, 137, it's just, to me, that's the perfect ongoing series. So in addition to those that I always say, standalone book, uh, X-Men, sorry, uh, Marvel graphic novel number five, X-Men God Loves Man Kills, the most perfect standalone story that I think I've read. It, uh, X2 loosely adapts it, uh, and they did a great job with that. Um, St sticking with X-Men, of course, uh, the Chris Claremont, Frank Miller, Wolverine miniseries, but even more than that, Kitty Pride and Wolverine, which is a six-issue miniseries from a couple years later. Uh, and uh, as, as, as hard as it is to kind of look back on the Todd McFarlane uh, imitators that uh, followed, if you can read that run from when he took over Amazing Spider-Man when they introduced Venom, uh, that I just, it, it, to look at them now, it takes me back to being in middle school and just like how, like I couldn't believe how much the book changed from Amazing Spider-Man 297 to 298. And then all of a sudden it was just like, well, this all looks so crazy. Uh, yeah. you know, so like there, there are a lot of Venom related uh, trade paperbacks digital uh or you know uh, you, you could also order them uh online but uh so those are that's my whole host of uh recommendations <laughs> you read all that and then uh come back to me and i'll give you some more yeah zia other than house of m i'm curious <laughs> what you would recommend yeah um, so I've read a, a lot of the stuff I read. I feel like it's stuff that everybody's read though. It's like, I really liked the dark Phoenix saga. I thought that that was awesome. Um, I have that, that Chris Claremont, Frank Miller, Logan to read, but I still haven't read it yet. I, I have it. So I need to read that. Um, I really like secret wars. I read that one. Uh, the which not one, which you got to clap. Not yeah. the, the, was it, it was 2011, I believe. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's the and, one and, I read. And everybody knows I'm an OG Secret Wars guy. I'm 85 yeah. Secret Wars. So you know, I never no disrespect read to 2011, but uh, I'll always I'll always point back to the. 85. But what about like 89 Secret Wars too, where the Beyonders Jerry curls are even better? Yeah, I mean he he does <laughs> have a great jumpsuit, and yeah, the Jerry curl mullet. I was just like, wait, this is the most powerful being in the universe. Yeah. When you're that powerful, you can have your hair how you want. <laughs> you know, I, and I, I know that we're basically going off uh, on a tangent here, but Secret Wars 2 has, for me, one of the most definitive Peter Parker moments that I ever read. So the Beyonder turns a building into solid gold, okay? And Peter gets a notebook from that, and he keeps it in his safe, and he needs to pay rent because he's Peter Parker. And he needs, like, this is how long ago it was. His rent was like, you know, Four hundred and sixty dollars. Get the and and so here. yeah, exactly. In in, in Chelsea, four hundred. Oh, that's my dream. <laughs> if you don't but, know, that's where my dream is to own an apartment is in Chelsea. So, that's where so he, I want to live. So he sells this. So he's able to sell this notebook to somebody who's you know in the business of buying gold notebooks. And uh, they're like, how much do you want for it? He's like four hundred and sixty dollars. He asks for exactly what he needs. He doesn't ask for a grand. He doesn't. You know, he's just like, I, this is what I need. So to me. The Secret Wars 2 brought out like this this great Peter Parker moment that uh, I've always held on to. And do you remember the cover of that? There was the black yeah. suit Spider-Man and then the red suit Spider-Man. Yeah. The covers went together in the gold yeah, building. The and Web of and amazing. Yeah, he like, he's, yeah, I love the It's both real good. Yeah. 
Oh, in the chat, Jenna James, Daredevil, Born Again. I read that too, and that is yeah. an ex that's an excellent that's, um, run. Yes, that is a that is a highly recommend. That's also on my list. Um, <laughs> that has eight things on it already. I'll I'll throw out there. Uh, this is like some so some stuff that's like a little more off being like if you miss like the graphic novel Rage of Ultron, not Age, but Rage of Ultron is a really interesting standalone, just like set in the future. It's also like get some get some Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne time in there where they're like actually good to each other so that I really appreciated uh and dealing with like it's all about legacy between like uh of a grandfather to like a father and then his kid Ultron and his kid Vision all dealing with this whole family issue I thought it was a really interesting take on the Ultron story um, also, if you just want a long, this is where Koi and I will will disagree wholeheartedly. If you want to have a long read of Spider Man, that you're so just you like, hate the character forever. <laughs> uh, uh, I would say dive into because uh, you can start with start with Superior Spider Man, where uh, where where Doc Ock takes over Peter Parker's body. I thought it was really this is this is more like if you're familiar with the character, you, it's not like a jumping in point for Spider Man, <laughs> but uh, it's a it's a really interesting take because it's just very different. That will bleed you right into the uh, what year was it? I think it was 2014 Amazing Spider-Man where they started renumbering, which takes you right into the the original Spider-Verse run. So that just that's like 60 issues of Spider-Man that you could just read straight through uh, and relive, and that's all on Unlimited. And the other reason that we wanted to do this, all of these things that we're shouting out are available. Uh, in like trade paperback form or graphic novel form, or you can get back issues, which you can, and a lot of times mail order from your local comic book shop to support them during this crazy shutdown. And a lot of them are doing it. Uh, Koi, I, I, I wanted to wait to like ask you straight up because you're like the, the genius of this. What would, what would you recommend for a long quarantine read? So I went through all of your recommendations first, and I was looking at the differences. I know, I know Zia really wanted people reading House of M, so I didn't go with House of M. <laughs> and I know Christian wanted to go with the classics, and I respect, like, every, like all of those classics are exactly what you would recommend. I respect each of those books as the gold standard. Sure. And then, of course, I knew that you would recommend <laughs> Superior Spider-Man. Uh, but, so I wanted to go a different tactic. The way I'm seeing this as, as a comic book collector and fan of the medium is this is a rare opportunity to read books that are six months old that might just be new by the time new comics books come out. Yeah. Because Marvel Unlimited is doing a six-month thing. So I recommend if the world catches up to that run, you can be a new comic collector having never read a comic. You can literally catch up to the rest of us while we're all trapped. So it's a unique opportunity. So I went with a different tactic. I went with my favorite books from <laughs> late 2019. Also, I do this show called Comic Book Shopping. Um, if you watch any episode six months ago or older, you can literally use my pull list and then just start pulling those from Marvel Unlimited, which is a really <laughs> unique opportunity right now because right now is the time. Uh, I recommend you read Saga, which is on Comixology. Uh, you can pull it from their borrow section. So it's free, the first two volumes. That's an image book. I know this is Marvel Movie News, but Saga will change your life. Uh, I recommend reading the Daredevil Chips at Arsky run. Um, it is in its like 30s right now issues. So you can read like one through 25 and then you might be able to catch up to us in time for the new comics to be printed. Chip Zdarsky's Daredevil run is up there with, in my opinion, Frank Miller and Kevin Smith. Like it's one of the iconic runs of Daredevil. And that's a really great character to know. 
Uh, I would say reading Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, which is a completed arc. Tom Taylor was writing it, Juan Cabal on art, and that's completed. So you can read the entire thing in Marvel Unlimited. It is one of my absolute favorite Spider-Man issues of all time. Uh, Spider-Side is this little Spider-Man kid. You'll see, you'll cry. It's really powerful. Uh, Immortal Hulk is insane. It's a horror Hulk comic. It is by Al Ewing and Joe Bennett. It is 30, it's on this week, would have been its 34th issue. So you can read up to issue 27 and probably be caught up by the time through Marvel Unlimited. Imagine if Hulk as a horror comic, it is graphic, it is dark, it is really inventive. It's also really politically charged. It it does a lot of great commentary on the world today. Uh, And then also, uh, if you want to dive into indie stuff, Cover is this incredible book by Brian Michael Bendis and David Mack. It is a painted book with kabuki and then American style art that blends together in this really beautiful way. And it's about a comic artist who uses comic conventions as a cover cover uh, to uh, be like a CIA operative. So he's a spy and he does cover art and he goes to cons and it's called cover because puns uh, and it's Bendis. So it's really quippy. It's funny. Uh, and that's, so that's like an indie poll, a weird modern indie poll of Marvel books. And of course the great Mr. Miracle highly recommend the hardcover. It's, it's dope AF. It's a family show AF. Uh, so those will get you by for like at least two weeks. Uh, just a, a comment uh, from uh, social media from Sa- uh, Sam Edmiston. He also recommends Mortal Hulk. Yeah, start from number one. He says uh, the Thanos wins trade paperback, which I actually don't even know what that story is. So I'm going to make a note of that. Uh, and then he talks about something that Zach, I know at least you were reading this uh, Hickman's run on X-Men is now it's we're more than six months in. So at least the early issues are on Marvel Unlimited. I think so they're if up you want to dive into that, you can start to take a look at it. I think they're up to the the issue fives of six now. So they're almost through House of X and Powers of X, uh, which is that's 10 issues because they each go individually numbered. So yes, start checking those out there. It's a really interesting read. The, the, the books afterwards have been a little more inconsistent, but I'm really enjoying Marauders and the main X-Men run. Uh, and I highly recommend House of X and Powers. X Force is so good. I love X Force is my favorite uh, over there. They, I have Domino just whew, yeah. it's on my list. Um, oh, I'll also throw out if you want something more fun and silly, check out uh, like I think it was I think it was the 2018 run of West Coast Avengers. Oh, it's uh, so good. Which is all on Unlimited. It's Kate Bishop and Clint Barton, and they have like uh, the most absurd list of just like random heroes joining this team that's like doing like a weird like semi-reality show but they're like uncomfortable with it but they have to do it to pay the bills uh quentin choir gwenpool just absolutely ridiculous oh gwenpool is another one that i highly recommend if you're a mar- big marvel nerd that book uh, oh can i also two, two deadpool runs i recommend uh, uh the good the bad and the ugly it's a trade it's only five issues it's on marvel unlimited and Rick Remender's X-Force is so good. And that's definitely on Marvel Unlimited. And those two will be like very uh, essential reading for Deadpool. Nice. Uh, a very specific old school recommendation from Jeff Winstead. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man 269 and 270, where he fights Fire Lord, who is a, a former uh, Herald of Galactus. Uh, I mean, I remember that story. That's, that's the run where I was reading uh, Amazing Spider-Man, sort of leading up to it. And uh, so anybody who's going to go for mid-80s Spidey, uh, I'm going to give a shout out on this show. So Nice. <laughs> um, so real quick, before we get into some more mailbag stuff, I want to do some shout outs to comic book stores across the, the country that you can support even during these times through either through different kinds of stuff. And some people have been nice to send us the stores that they that they know that they love. 
that they want to continue to work. So Velocity Comics in Richmond, Virginia is still doing curbside pickups and mail order. Uh, you've got Golden Age Collectibles in Seattle, which is doing mail deliveries and curbside. Uh, Time Warp Comics and Games in Boulder, Colorado is doing phone, phone, phone orders, uh, curbside pickup, and uh, local delivery. And uh, very close to my heart, and I know a few of us here, House of Secrets in Burbank, uh, that's where I get my books. They are doing, uh, they, they can't do curbside because uh, that's like locally, that's not allowed. But uh, you can do do phone orders and you can order gift cards, which is another great way to just basically like put a, a payment down for future books that you can you'll 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 pick them up later, but it helps them stay alive in the short term. Uh, so pick up a gift card from who uh, from from your store. Then uh, Golden also, Apple's also doing mail uh, mail order. Golden Apple's got nice. an awesome deal where they're doing a uh, hundred dollars worth of comics in a fifty dollar box, but you get to like tell them what titles you like. So it's not that usual grab bag of like, oh, good, six issues of Secret Wars two number five. Uh, but you can tell them <laughs> what titles you're enjoying, and it's modern comics, and it's a hundred dollars worth for fifty bucks, and they mail it right to you. I was uh, just cool. reading that uh, sort of like anybody who reads uh, older printed issues will know uh, Mile High Comics in the Denver area. They're doing something which for like $20, they're going to basically send you a bunch of stuff. And it's sort of like there's different tiers on what you can ask for, but they're they're covering the shipping. It's more just, the, you know, and they're very specifically, do you have younger readers? They, they're they sending a lot of like kids stuff. So uh, take a look at what they're doing. Uh, and you know, obviously if, if you're trying to get any of this stuff physically, we've just gone through this weekend, last week, there's a lot of places that, uh, could definitely use the support and would be happy to ship it your way. Yeah. Um, all right. I want to get some more, some mailbag stuff while we have time. So we'll get through, we'll just do these kind of quick, but, uh, I thought this one was really cool. Bad Wolf Bay 10 on Twitter asks us if San Diego comic-con does get canceled, could you see Marvel using Disney plus for whatever Hall H would have given us? I thought that was a really interesting question. Like, would you want to see, because they haven't officially canceled San Diego Comic-Con, although it sort of seems like they should, even if we're semi back to normal, you do not want 100,000 people, 150,000 people all in a small confined space. No, anyway, you never know uh, for insurance reasons, if there's a certain point. And we can talk about the logistics of that, but But if they do it, if they do it, uh, if they don't have the, yeah, I think that's actually a great idea to do it on Disney plus, or, you know, maybe they want to just open it wider and do sort of like a a live stream that everybody can tune into. Uh, That's fine too. But yeah, I think whatever they were going to do, I think they should still have that big unveiling instead of what probably shareholders want them to do and save it for D23 next year. I worry that uh, that all the things they were going to announce with the dates all shifted, they don't know what they are yet. So I'm hoping these next few weeks they can kind of restructure that. I mean, obviously, they're all working right now. I'm, not, I'm sure Kevin Feige is not like, ah, time off. But I, I do worry that with all these restructuring choices, will they be able to announce anything with any sort of structure? So I hope there is some sort of presentation. I think Disney Plus is a great idea. I just worry about all the production and, and things that were going to be announced, the, the validity of the dates, the validity of the finished product. But uh, I hope we get some sort of announcement. Yeah. Um, this one uh, I thought was fun from Daniel Drew. Uh, if ever Deadpool joins the Avengers, what for whatever time period of time, what would his first words be to them? What would Deadpool say if he met the Avengers for the first time? I think he would say I just assembled in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. 
I think he would have a thing where he's like, he starts feeling above their heads. Like what, what I don't, where are the big ears? <laughs> well, I want to use a, junior was. <laughs> I want to use a, a prop that I have for uh, just this kind of a, uh, occasion. I think that uh, he will invoke the words of the great Mr. T. Shut up, uh, which yes, this is my hand handheld uh, Mr. T uh, uh, phraseology. Uh, or it'll just say like what it says right up up my cup, bottoms up from what Deadpool. Do th- what do you think, Zia? What do you think Deadpool should say if he ever became an Avenger? Uh, five some question mark? <laughs> <laughs> no, not what you would say if you ever became an Avenger. Oh, not me. Damn. Say, okay, Deadpool. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> also worth noting, Deadpool has both been an Avenger and funded the Avengers. After the Deadpool movie did so well, they had in the comic books Deadpool doing so well financially that he took over funding the Avengers with money from toys sold from the Deadpool movie. It oh. was so meta that they were referencing <laughs> the real world with him funding <laughs> artistry. Artistry. That's great. That's amazing. Um, and uh, I think this is the last one we'll have time for. Uh, we'll see if we can squeeze another one in. But C- Chris Logel wants to know, who will be the next Avengers level threat to face in a, to, for them to face in Avengers 5? Kang. Kang. Oh, well, both good answers, but uh, <laughs> Kang, Kang or Galactus, I think. I think Galactus might be a, a little bit further down the road because they want to tie him to the FF. But uh, yeah, I think either of those would be, Kang would seems be very excited. Very by excited. By far the most likely. likely. Yeah. Uh, Coy, we've been talking about, we think uh, Owen Wilson is playing Kang. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, <laughs> it, it, like maybe he won't be named Kang. Maybe he'll be like Iron Lad or some version of him. But like, I think they got Owen Wilson, and then they just hired, uh, I think it was Richard Grant to come in, and they're both going to be playing. Yeah. He's going to be like the Invictus. Well, they're going to be in the Loki series, just like setting up Kang for the long haul. Yeah, Richard E. Grant as a, as an older Kang is is brilliant casting, and I would be very excited for that. He's so hot right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was um, a Zoolander reference from 1999. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, unfortunately, I'm sorry to uh, to to Steve Rogers from Twitter. I was try- I wanted to get yours in, but it's a lot. But the idea of stealing powers from different characters and assembling Ooh. a hero that they consist of is a super fun game that we don't have time. Let's play for. that uh, next next time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll have to, we'll definitely get to that one in the future. Uh, sorry, we keep pushing that one. It's just such a good one. It needs time. Uh, thank you. Shout out to Daniel Drew for uh, some super chat uh, in in the uh, live chat. So uh, anybody does a super chat, uh, they get a shout out for sure. So thank you, Drew. Now, those are all great polls. Those omnibuses sound, yes. Good, good reading, sir. Oh, yeah. World War Hulk, Planet Hulk, Zero Hour Death, the Return, uh, yeah, Infinite Crisis, the Nightfall book. Yeah, great, great list. Um, I see these people in the chat, and I see you, Charles Lee, wanting Doctor Doom for the next big Avengers level threat. Uh, I think that is a great choice. <laughs> oh man, sorry. I'm sorry, Ryan. I know we have to wrap up, but like, I started playing. Uh, uh, they just released the Fantastic Four Shadow of Doom pack for Marvel Ultimate Alliance three on Switch, and I have to you have to fight Doom at one point, and I'm just I like I wasn't fighting as well because I kind of didn't want to win. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I can't wait to have a team. Like that's why I love that that game because soon I'll be able to assemble a team of the Wasp, Thor, uh, Doctor Doom, and uh, Daredevil because I can because I can. 
And he just assembled uh, in his pants. <laughs> and what a perfect way to wrap up the show <laughs> with that. Uh, Coy, thanks so much for coming back on the show to join us while we're all locked down. This is a blast. I'm excited to do it in real life very, very hopefully soon. And I'll be back digitally if we must. This is always, always a pleasure. You've got a new show. Uh, so please tell people where they can go listen and watch and all that. Oh, yeah. So I've got two very narcissistically named new programs. I've got KoiCast uh, on iTunes, Spotify, everywhere you listen to podcasts. It is it is a lot like uh, a certain giant size podcast I used to do over at a network I used to work at. And uh, I also have got a show on YouTube now. I've got my own YouTube channel. Finally, I started with studio stuff and went back to YouTube. So I've had to, I didn't know what OBS was until like three months ago. Zach Wilson had to help me out, man. Zach saved me. So I was like, what's an OBS? Cool. You've been working on YouTube for years, but what's OBS? Uh, so Koi Cubed on YouTube, uh, please subscribe. I'm new to the YouTube space but in that way. Uh, but I've got, so I've got Tuesday shows on uh, video and then Wednesday shows on audio and then soon to be some other stuff I'm cooking up. And uh, thank you for remembering to plug for me, Zach, because I totally forgot. So Koi Cast, <laughs> Koi Cubed, and uh, find me on YouTube and I appreciate you all. And it's so good to see these names in the live chat again. Like the nostalgia is real. This was amazing. Uh, all right. That, uh, I'm Zach Wilson. You can find me on Twitter at that Zach Wilson. And uh, my other podcast is still going. Uh, check it out on Twitter and Instagram at shipping pod. Just keeps getting weirder. Uh, we started talking <laughs> about uh, he- hooking up a he- uh, My Hero Academia character last night with uh, uh, with gold balls because they both shoot balls out of their characters. I don't know. I'm not as familiar with My Hero Academia, but it happens. Christian, where can everyone find you? Well, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Christian DMZ. And uh, I did mention it earlier. I have my personal podcast, the Blackcast, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T.com. Our very own Zia Anderson uh, did join me in a Zoom meeting literally right before this. And uh, I'll post that later today. You can find it on the uh, Blackcast YouTube channel. And uh, Zach, uh, we have an event that we're doing over the weekend, don't oh, we? Oh, yes, we do. Uh, Zia, are you good with that 1 p.m.? <laughs> Um, yeah, that should, it should be fine. It should be so fine. this, this Saturday, uh, we're going to tweet about this and post about this and share it, uh, at 1 PM Pacific. Uh, it's now on Hulu. We're all going to get together on Twitter and watch the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man, uh, and tweet along with it because we can all watch it now. And what else are we doing? Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, 1 PM Pacific, uh, join us on Twitter. Uh, we'll come up with a hashtag and we'll post it all on the uh, social medias. Uh, join us to watch uh, Spider-Man, available in the U.S. on Hulu as of yesterday. Uh, well, you can yeah. just be like me and fire up your old standard def DVD because you haven't <laughs> watched it in a while. But uh, here it is in the collectible box, by the way. So. Wow. That's physical media. Who knew? Yeah. Uh, Zia, <laughs> give us your Twitter handle real quick so we can let Ryan go. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, at Zia underscore land. Check out my Twitch channel at Zia land. No underscore, just XIA land. A uh, lot of games, a lot of food, a lot of snacks. It's a fun time. Uh, so go check me out there. And it's Eric Nagel is the other podcast I do. You can find that wherever you find, or it's actually a radio show, wherever you find podcasts, iHeartRadio, uh, a lot of life stuff there. So yeah. Awesome. And be sure to follow uh, the podcast itself, Marvel News PTN on Twitter. Uh, follow the Popcorn Talk, subscribe, do all those things. Thank you, Ryan, uh, who's some, I usually just like point up because uh, he's a, on a TV above us. But thank you, Ryan, Mr. Fantastic, for helping us set up the show today while we all stay in our space separate quarantined lockdown locations until next time guys this has been marvel movie news saying wash your hands stay home (laughs) and save lives
from producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.